Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Sam Pets Radio. Australia's coolest podcast network. Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of All the Small Games. My name is Andrew Levins. I am Jonathan Valens Whaler. And this let's, week you go. What were you going to say? I'm sure it was Let's rude. talk some let's talk some small games, baby. That's exactly what I was going to say. Nice. Uh, so I've played a ton, a ton of games uh, in in the last couple of weeks. Um, and I'm going to give some so a, little, a few short updates, but then also some long updates. Uh, the two games that I've been... Well, the, the one game that I've been maining is a, uh, a game called Phenotopia Awakening, which right. just sounds like a, like a bunch of, of syllables thrown together to randomly make the name of a game. But uh, it's a wonderful game. It's very good, and I can't wait to tell you all about it. I've also been playing a game called No Straight Roads um, and uh, a couple of other ones too. It, it's, it, it's been like, like raining indies lately. This is this is what I'm curious about. Is you you are a man who historically has very very little time to play games. <laughs> like you will often you will often talk. I about, think like, anyone who actually listens to this podcast will be like, "That is a goddamn lie, Jonathan Valenzuela." <laughs> but none, nonetheless, like you, you know, you've you've you're definitely an incredibly busy man. You've had your your books to write. You've got your your two delightful children um, and all that kind of stuff. What's 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 opened up? All this time to play these games. Oh, I've just been ignoring everything else. Hell yeah! Correct answer. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've been because uh, not only have I played all these indies, I also started and finished probably the worst game I'll play all year, um, the Marvel's Avengers. I've played oh, really? the entirety of the single player of that. Um, you can you can go into great. Uh, last week I'd only played three hours of it when we recorded Hey Fam, and I was like, "Hey, this game's way better than I thought it was gonna be. G- gonna be. Everyone should give it a shot." And then I finished it, and then this week I was like, "Please, I hope none of you bought the game because of me. I feel so <laughs> terrible. This is like this year's Fallout seventy six. It's like yeah, a disaster of a game." I have to offer an official apology and everything. No, seriously, I was Let's... like googling googling how to apologize before recording. That's... That sucks. Anyway, um, but that's what you get when you play triple A's. You know, you just indeed. get fucking nothing but pain, Avoid pain and loot plague. boxes. Um, but I'm guessing Phenotopia Awakening and No Straight Roads uh, were were a better time all around. 
Phenotopia Awakening, absolutely certainly. Actually, both of them definitely, but uh, Phenotopia Awakening in particular is uh, a damn good time. Well, I've also, you know, I've been I've been dabbling with uh, gaming. Uh, I'm I'm very pleased to say that uh, PCJV is back with the purchase with the purchase <laughs> of my back. new laptop. No racial slurs. Yeah, exactly. Keeping it very politically correct. Um, yeah, with the purchase of my my new laptop, I have been absolutely hammering Wasteland Three over the last couple of weeks. And uh, any time where I didn't have immediate access to my laptop, I was playing Hypnospace Outlaw, which I could have been playing on a PC for the last year and a half, but waited until Switch to pick it up. Awesome. But you've th- those are, those aren't the only two games you've been playing, are they? You've you've had a couple of other. You've been dipping your toe in. You've been dabbling in a couple of yeah. Others. I, I mean, I've, I've just been like I've been trying out a lot of stuff, and I, I'm doing that thing that no one should do, which is playing like seven different games at once. Mm. Um, but On I'll give you some different switches. Yeah, so I'll give you some simultaneously. Short, yeah. Some short takes uh, quickly. I've been playing um, uh, a game that came out today uh, called Spinch, um, which is a game that's today? been. I, I think uh, it was a couple of days ago because I was this, playing it this yesterday. Week. Yeah, this week. Uh, I, I look. If you, if you want to really want to play this game, John, I was playing it last week. Okay, uh, oh, it was right, developed fine. by Queen Bean Queen Bee Games and uh, published by Akupara Games. Um, and uh, that's, what do they do? Inspired me. I, I want to look up the name of that publisher because I swear they've done some other stuff that's real good. Oh wait, they were the guys that uh, published um, Desert, uh, Child. Desert Child. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. but yeah, that does the great stuff. Um, and so Spinch is an extremely colorful um, platformer uh, that is uh, like has like has a lot of like aesthetically it has so much going for it like the you you play as like it's the the story is that colors are bad you play as like this like you know white circle with arms and legs who has to avoid colors um and the colors come in the form of of all the enemies that are um, constantly trying to attack you and you're going to avoid their attacks um but it is like a very very like basic uh kind of like throwback platformer with a very cool soundtrack um it feels a lot like, I guess, like playing like Super Meat Boy, uh, certainly in like in terms of level structure, but maybe a bit more. It's very, it's very simple. It's 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 like you know paired back to like paired back to like you know what the, the exact what only what's necessary to make a platformer, except then they just lay tons of crazy aesthetic on top of it. Yeah, it definitely it definitely is aesthetic led. I've I've dabbled a little bit in this. Like I said, I played it a couple of days ago. Um, I find the the platforming. I guess I'm used to a bit more of a tighter platforming experience. Yeah, I, I should have said I, I went on and on about how how like you know perfect this is in terms of like your bare necessities for a platformer. Except it hasn't got there's a floatiness to your character that you don't normally see in games that yeah. are so platform focused like this. I like to be able to reverse direction in the air, you know? A very good point. Just mm. like in real life. <laughs> but nonetheless, it is eye-wateringly, like, interesting to look at. Like, they've, they've oh, really it's so sick. a lot of effort into the design. It looks like a, like, a, like the um, the ads that play in between Adult Swim shows on, on Adult Swim. Like, just like yeah. crazy animation. Who is the guy who's done it? Um, uh, I will, I will create some what, keyboard sounds by searching as well. Our favorite, our favorite uh, guest, guest host, the keyboard sounds of yes. your laptop and my heavy breathing. Um, Jesse Jacobs is the name of the of the main uh, 
artist who's done it all. And uh, yeah. I wonder if he's done anything that we like. Look, I guess when I play more, I'll, yeah, I mean, like if you if you if you Google Jesse Jacobs, you've no doubt seen his his artwork on like magazine covers of like I can see like. I've seen there's a lot of posters on his on his website. Like he's someone for Paps that I've seen before, Blue Ribbon Beer, um, all kinds of cool stuff. And uh, he's yeah. in comics as well. He's done McSweeney's covers. Uh, he's an amazingly uh, like elaborate um, uh, cartoonist. He's done a number of comics called like Baby in the Boneyard, Crawl Space, Safari Honeymoon. He looks like extremely done, up our alley. But yeah, Spinch is his first game. Something for Mad Magazine, which is always good to see. Um, and yeah, it's a really cool psychedelic platformer. Um, I'm, I'm definitely going to like it. I was hoping it was going to be one that would, uh, that would get its hooks in me immediately and I wouldn't rest until I finished it all. But instead it's going to be one that like maybe each week I, I jump in and finish a few levels and, you know, complete a world and then go back to yeah. it. It's not, it's not, it's something I get, I, something I get over pretty quickly. Um, yeah. I mean, it's very level based. It's very much about like the, the one thing that they measure at the end of the level is like, how much time did it take you to finish the level? And that that's yeah, the sort totally. of thing where it's like it's not very heavily story based, so it's more your own testing of your skill in the game rather than anything else drawing you forward. So I think um, I'm the same. It's it's something I'll pop into every once in a while. The other game that I've uh, been playing, I, I played a little bit of it yesterday, is Struggling, which uh, we saw in the most recent um, Nintendo Indie World showcase video at the end. Um, it's a game that's been developed by Chasing Rats Games and published by Frontier Foundry. Um, I played it on Switch. Uh, I think it's available on PC as well. Um, and a while ago, I, I reviewed a game that Devolver published called Heave Ho, which was a uh, like competitive uh, co-op, competitive or co-op kind of two-player game where you and your you you, you can control like a, a guy with like two long arms by by grabbing like each side of his hands, each like each trigger, like left and right trigger on your on your controller grabs either the left or the right hand. And then you grab onto something and then you pull yourself over. So basically like you're, you're just a, a dude with two arms and no other way of traversing. I guess a little bit like the getting over it with, um, with Bennett, Bennett Foddy. Foddy. Yep. Um, also there's, what's the Quop? Is that a, is that a style of game too? Like QWOP, Quop kind of games? Uh, I mean, I guess I could... Quop is the one where you're, you're, a, you're a runner trying to run using the QWOMP to control like various elements of your legs. So like, there could be a bit of a connection there. Yeah, I guess. and I mean that was made by Bennett Foddy too. I feel like I feel like ah. he's like you know there's lots of like you know ragdoll physics games. Even I guess Octodad might even fit in that kind of genre. Um, yeah, that's that's a good one. And so struggling is that aesthetic. You're essentially like a, a hideous. Uh, two-headed monster but yeah you have like two heads that have been smushed together and then you each then you have two arms and then so you have to get through um you know these long levels by like yeah essentially like you know grabbing with one pulling yourself over it's a long tedious struggling process um and uh there is a lot of gross out humor added just like super weird gross humor added to um to this game even like the the monster that you are uh, and all of like your your existence is explained via an extremely long and wordy cutscene before you start the game. Um, but there's like yeah, like you, you're like kind of you escape your your laboratory, and then all of the scientists like are having a party that you have to navigate your way through. And then once you get through the party, you then have to like break out the, lab- the laboratory, pass other experiments, and if you touch certain things, you explode. Um, there is a button. Like pretty much all you can do is grab. And then move, 
but there's also a button that just makes either 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 side of your head scream and then you can also if you get stuck you can either blow up your arms or blow up yourself Damn, it is okay. an extremely intentionally unpleasant game uh, right. <laughs> um, and it's certainly like it's, I, I, I think that the fun of heave ho was like you and a, and someone you're playing with are struggling together to like beat each other or whatever this is like not a particularly pleasant experience to have on your own I, I, if you are really like these kind of like fun silly physics games i can see you enjoying this for me i was just like okay I, I get what this game is trying to do and it's doing it well but it is not something that i thought i was i, I think i'll enjoy much more of than what i've played sure so that's struggling and spinch to uh fun and odd uh games that just came to switch um but uh can i get just get straight into the game that i've been uh just, just rip it up, bro. This is the antidote to uh, Marvel's Avengers. <laughs> uh, I just, man, this that game really like, especially because I like, I felt like I, I spent like the first few hours of that game going like, wow, there's a lot of care and love that went into this game, and then like immediately after I recorded, hey fam, saying that I encountered just constant bugs and reusing of the same enemy and the same the same layouts of levels and this god-awful mission structure that is a shit game uh Damn. i don't know if they if they're ever going to fix it but at this point it is like i would not recommend it to anybody like even even though i enjoyed parts of the the story and unlocking each avenger one by one uh what you get to do with the, the characters is is no fun at all but again that is extremely fun uh, has a very funny name called Phenotopia Awakening. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you've heard anything about this game, John, but um, do you want to have a guess where... Like, this is not the first Phenotopia game. Uh, right. The first Phenotopia game uh, was a Newgrounds game. Oh, okay. Shit. So, N- Newgrounds is something that I think you've had more experience with over the years than me. It's a... Yeah. It was it's... It was a place for... Was it like web comics and Flash games or just Flash yeah. games? Yeah. Well, flash games, flash animations, like I don't know web, not necessarily web comics, but it definitely had like some some sort of uh, you know serialized flash cartoons were were held there. But mainly, it was all about um, it was all about the flash games, and it was a great yeah. way maybe ten years ago to while away a few hours on the internet just testing out various flash games. Uh, and I think like a couple of the main companies behind some of these flash games like went on to be legit kind of developers in the indie game scene. I think Armor Games is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've definitely seen them pop up a couple of times. I think we've talked about one of their games before. But uh, enough of my waffling, man. Hit me. Phenotopia Awakening. Was the first yeah. game called Phenotopia Going to Sleep? No, the first one was just called Phenotopia. It was out in 2014. It was, uh, yeah, like a, a, a browser-based Flash game um, on Newgrounds uh, created by a small team calling themselves Cape Cosmic. Um, and uh, the founder of that group is Quang Tran. Um, and uh, William Cho did all the music. Uh, Anna Maria Klimkovich is the lead artist. And uh, Clement Swen- Swen- Swens is the lead animator. So that's like the kind of core team of Cape Cosmic. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I was doing some history. I was like, oh, like as I, re- when I realized this is a Newgrounds game and like it kind of like a, like I was like, oh, is this a sequel? Do I need to go and play uh, the original Phenotopia? You know, would that be a fun thing to do? And uh, they actually have a Q and A uh, in there in the press pack. 
And one of the questions is, do I need to play the old Flash game to understand the new Switch game? And the answer is, nope. Phenotopia Awakening is a reboot and covers the same story, but with several changes and enhancements. We actually recommend you avoid the Flash game. We've advanced as creators over the past six years. The Flash Phenotopia is outdated and sports sluggish controls. Phenotopia Awakening improves over the original in multiple ways. Um, Dang, okay. The biggest thing I would say... uh, about like the difference between these two games is that uh, this Phenotopia Awakening is enormous. It is such a big game, and uh, the style of game is it's a I guess like a, a Metroidvania style like adventure game uh, where you play a, a girl in an orphanage who uh, goes off to find uh, a bunch of the other kids from the orphanage orphanage before dinner. Uh, they're playing nearby in the woods, and she has to fight a bunch of monsters to find them all. Um, and then uh, on their way back to the orphanage, there's a bright uh, flash in the sky and all the adults in her town have been abducted. Um, so Sick. all of her and all the other orphans bound to get bound, uh, band together and they uh, decide that um, they're going to send our main character out to, um, you know, basically see what she can do to try and get the adults back. Um, and uh, so you're basically traveling from town to town and you do this via a... Um, an overworld map that zooms out considerably and uh there's getting a lot of a lot of comparisons to Zelda 2 okay. which is like the kind of dark the dark horse in the uh in a Zelda canon and it was like a weird mix of like RPG adventure with like a like multiple perspectives depending on what part of the game you're playing but uh yes yeah, so the, the overworld map basically bridges all the towns together and so it zooms right out you're essentially just walking your little pixel character around the map and there are enemies that can come and attack you and when they attack a they you get like you move into like an actual like you know 2d scrolling uh battle where you have to like make your way through multiple um enemies to escape or you can take them all out and get loot um because uh, yeah, you need to get a lot of money in this game because uh, you are weak <laughs> as fuck at the beginning, um, and, uh, and if you want to level, what are you gonna say? Adults, like an adults, adults don't come cheap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like so, it's, it's you know classic kind of uh, Zelda or Metroidvania structure where you know all you have is is a, a very simple weapon at the start, but there's and there's things barring you from going in certain locations big rocks or like you know switches that you can't hit yet um so you end up having to find weapons and some of them can be bought other than others you get like crazy quests that you have to go on to find this person who can unlock that person who knows how to get you into this area and in that area you'll find a key to this other place and now you have bombs and then that opens up all these places that you were being you know you know how these games work you know i fucking love them um and this game just has everything going for it um, the only kind of people that I would not recommend this game to is people that don't like a challenge and people that expect a game to hold their hand because this game is like the first hour. It's kind of like, yeah, yeah, go and do this and do that. And it kind of like give, gives you a, a dungeon that's pretty linear and easy to get around. Um, and then as soon as the adults have been abducted and it's kind of like, oh yeah, you know, head, head west. And you just suddenly are in this massive map with all these different options and all these enemies that can beat the shit out of you super easily. And there, there's so many things that you can go visit before you do the, like, you know, the linear path. Um, it's so easy to get lost or go realize like, oh, there's all these expensive things in, the, in these many towns. Like you go in towns and there will be like a hundred NPCs in this town to talk to. Um, some of them will, you know, give you like, you know, funny 
funny back and forth. Others will like, you know, give you rewards or give you like kind of side quests uh, or a link to like the main linear path that you need to take to, to continue the game. Um, oh, well. Yeah, they're testing. Give us a testing the. God damn it. This is going to be great. Should we keep this in the episode? Of course. To, wow. the, to those who are just joining us, I record in my office. Uh, in a cupboard. <laughs> in, well, I'm not, thankfully, I'm in an actual room this time round. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Ignore me! This is a cool game. Yeah. Is that it? I think that's it. I think he said thank you. Great. Well done. Well, every, I give, uh, that, every, that's fire alarm of the year. Yeah, everybody will be pleased to know that in the event of a fire, I will be very comprehensively alarmed. Yeah, John's now recording the rest of this episode from under his desk. Yeah, I'm on fire as I record. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, like aesthetically, man, this this game just looks absolutely gorgeous. Um, it looks somewhere, somewhere between like an old Zelda game and then like Cave Story, like those gorgeous kind of like, um, you know, pastel pixels. Um, the music's excellent. Level design's really, really cool. And, like, there's so many reasons for you to, like, kind of go back to areas, get the shit beat out of you, like, you know, return to an area and see if you can beat it. Or, like, do you want to go and grind and buy, you know, things that will make you stronger or, or, or weapons that will make it easier to take it? I don't know. There's just there's, there's so much going on in this game. It's really, really good. I think it's, like, between 20 or 30 bucks on the eShop, depending on where you are in the world. And, uh, yeah, it, it's... Uh, it's Definitely the best game that I've been playing in the last month. Awesome. It's crazy Speaking as fuck to me that, that we got this on the Switch the same year that we got... Um, God, what was the game I loved recently? Uh, um, Eternal Castle? No, no, no. As in like a massive, enormous, like, you know, 50 plus hour um, uh, Metroidvania uh, style games. Uh, what the fuck was it called? It was called... How come I, I can't find it in our... I think I know the one you're talking about. It's the one where the the young girls cross playing code. the it's cross code, code. the MMO. Thanks that's right. Thanks to everybody who was yelling at their podcast uh, device um, I, because yes. of you. Uh, I was able to remember the name. We got there, but yeah, it's crazy um, to get like two enormous independent Metroidvania style adventure games uh, in the same year because these are kind of like you know I, I would put them certainly not at this point as highly as I would put something like Hollow Knight, but they're not, they're not too far away from that realm, you know? Um, yeah. There's a lot of attention has gone into the story and lore of these games. Um, and there's so much to learn in this game's world. I think it's like, you know, it's a, it's a, at least 30 hours plus like length um, kind of game, which is, which is crazy for a game from a team of this small. Um, yeah. It's sick. And not many people are talking about this game. There are barely any videos about it on YouTube. Um, if also, if you love playing adventure games that like few people have played before, so there's very little information to help you out when you're stuck, this is <laughs> that game. <laughs> it reminds me of when I played Blasphemous before it was released and like whenever I was stuck, I was like, okay, just gonna have to stay up and figure this one out by myself. Um, just gonna have to read the Bible. <laughs> I'm like 10 hours into this game. It's, it's amazing. I've beaten like the first two big bosses. Um, and the world just keeps opening up, but then also like all the places you visited keep uh, beckoning you to return. Uh, nice. It's great. Oh, and also John, yes, you can fish in this game. Can you pat a dog? 
I haven't, I haven't encountered a dog I can pat yet, but I assume, you know, who knows? But uh, as far as like fishing in, in games, this is one of the coolest uh, ways that you fish. So like you, you throw your rod down um, and then obviously the, the, the fish come up to it and they snag it and then they pull in one direction and you have to meet that direction with, the, uh, with your joystick um, mm-hmm. And so, like, you basically have to just make sure that you're, you stay the direction they're going. And uh, the more difficult fish will, like, um, reverse you so that you have to go in the opposite direction. I don't know. It's, it's really clever. It's great. It's very, okay. very fulfilling. There's, like, cooking. You, you find, like, when you take out certain enemies, they'll drop raw materials that you can then cook, a la Breath of the Wild, um, and turn into, uh, you know food items that give you better health um and the cooking even the cooking mini game it's it's like actually it's a simple rhythm game but it, it can get quite difficult if you're cooking one of the more uh hard to find uh, ingredients so you, it's like this risk of reward where like you know you've you've spent ages mining this particular ingredient is it worth the risk of like trying to improve it by doing a difficult mini game that could just torch your food and then if you actually eat it it, it, it takes away your health the opposite of what oh, you boy. want boy it's Just great. Like real life. It's so cool. good. Yeah, poison can kill you, everyone. Uh, Don't eat charcoal. I'm, uh, you've, you've definitely sold me on it. I will be uh, looking to add this to my Switch library very soon. Yeah, so it's um, it's on. Um, I think at the moment it's just exclusive to Switch. Um, obviously, right. the original Phenotopia is still on Newgrounds. Oh, okay. But don't play that. According yes, don't to play the, that if you plan to play this. According to the... Way, uh, the good, the good folk that produced it. Well, speaking of games with uh, where you you wander around a massive overmap, uh, that leads me to the main game I've been playing of late, which is Wasteland Three. Uh, now, I am I was a massive fan of Wasteland Two when it came out, uh, and even look, I mean, to be honest, like it's this weird thing of the original Wasteland game, which came out back in the. Oh, when did the original Wasteland come out? It's like the early 90s, late 80s, I believe, um, which was a post-apocalyptic survival game, a post-apocalyptic RPG, essentially, where you play as a team of rangers who are trying to keep the peace in post-apocalyptic Arizona. That game went on to inspire the first two of the Fallout games, which are isometric yep. RPGs, and I was just ridiculously big fan of those. When I was in hospital for a week with Meningococcal, Back in the early 2000s, like I asked my, <laughs> my my sisters to bring me my laptop and bring me Fallout 1 and Fallout 2 and spent a very enjoyable week being incredibly sick and also playing my way through these two games that I loved. In, the, in 2014, uh, or a little bit before 2014, they kick-started um, Wasteland 2 with one of the original creators of Wasteland on board. Um, yeah, so Wasteland, the- 2, Wasteland 2 is 2014. But Wasteland, the first Wasteland, is 1988. Yes, there we go. Late 80s. Uh, so obviously a big gap between the two, but Wasteland 2 essentially used Fallout, the Fallout 1 and 2's isometric style and was like, okay, we're going to make a game that, that you know harkens to that but continues the story that we originally started in Wasteland. Uh, I loved Wasteland 2. I think it was one of my favorite games of the year, that, of 2014. I think there's even there's a HeyFam episode back in the very early days of HeyFam where you you called me about what was my favorite and I was like it's Wasteland Two, <laughs> um, so I was super excited because I, I I I 
Wasteland 2 was on Kickstarter. Wasteland 3 was on Fig. I sponsored it on Fig. I've been getting updates. Finally, I got that email that I've been waiting for, which is your code is ready. And that's almost, that's that's a good part of what inspired me to go out and buy a new laptop because I was like, it's on Xbox, it's on PS4. I don't want to play it on either of those. I want to play it on a computer as God intended. Um, and so snaffled me a new laptop just for that. But this is like, I have been going to bed much later than I should be just because I'm playing this game. I get up in the morning, I, I, you know, I have a shower, I take the dog for a walk, and then I have maybe 40... If I, if I don't want to be at work super early, I have 40 minutes that I can just do stuff in. Invariably, I'm grabbing my laptop, I'm sitting down, I'm playing Wasteland 3. I'm sitting at work during the day just going, should I just say I'm sick and go home so I can continue playing Wasteland 3? Like it's mm, got that wow. much of a hold on my life, <laughs> um, and it's and that's the thing because like there are definitely other games that have that effect on me, but they've generally been shorter. This is like I've I've put maybe twenty to thirty hours into this game so far, wow. and I I'd, I'd say I'm a little I'm probably about three quarters of the way through. I'm kind of lining up on the last battle now, but it's just it is it's my shit. It's just. It's post-apocalyptic, it's turn-based, it's isometric. Three things that I friggin' love. Um, they've made all these improvements over Wasteland 2 that I really enjoy. They've introduced, like, um, vehicles. So now, instead of just walking across the map, you have this tank that you kind of, like, drive from area... From, like, location to location. And so if you get ambushed while you're doing that... You can actually use your car in combat. It has an AI. It becomes a character that you can play. So suddenly you've got this incredibly powerful like, f- like tank that's fighting for you. They've rejigged the squad mode. So you have two characters that you create at the beginning of the game. You can then pull another two characters from a pool of recruits that are in Ranger headquarters. And then you can recruit two more people who you find as you travel the world. Um... It's it's like the storyline feels a lot more cohesive because in the original, well, in in Wasteland Two, because of the way it was kickstarted, the game was kind of split into two halves: one that took place in Arizona and the other that took place in uh, like California. And so there was a definite kind of rift in the storytelling. Whereas mm-hmm. this is just, it's all one cohesive story. It all takes place in Colorado. It's a it's a really kind of cool story where like. You're trying to you're trying to help rebuild the Rangers back at home, back in Arizona, and to do that, you've travelled to Colorado at the behest of this character called the Patriarch, who is looking for help to kind of solidify his rule over Colorado against his three children who are actively working against him. So you need to go and track down his children and either kill them or arrest them and or even if you want, align with them, like it's it's built in such a way that you have so much choice over how you play the story. You can there are all these factions you can choose to align with or choose to become the enemy of. Essentially, my playthrough at the moment, like, and it, it offers you a lot of like moral choices that you can make. Essentially, like, do you want to be the bad guy but profit off it necessarily? Do you want to play the good guy and and do everything that you think is right? Do you want to walk a path down the middle? There's so much options in how you play the story and there's no kind of hints of what 
your efforts and what your actions do until you get to the end and you're told like, oh, because you chose to do this, this was the knock-on effect. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so I'm really looking forward to getting to the end of this game and discovering like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have aligned myself with that commune of robot hippies and killed killed that community of people who worship Ronald Reagan as a god. Like, maybe that was a bad decision to make, but I went with my gut instinct at the time because I think those you made people, the right call. having yeah, no, those no people knowledge were... of the game, you you made the right call. Yeah, I mean, it was cool that they had a giant robotic Ronald Reagan statue that shot lasers out of its eyes, but it's going to take a bit more than that to uh, to to get me on side, essentially. So, look, if if you like turn based RPGs, uh, if you like post apocalyptic stuff, I cannot recommend Wasteland Three highly enough. I am absolutely loving the hell out of this. This is a solid lock for my GOTY list, which is great. I know it's going to feature somewhere in the top five somewhere. Um, I'm even... I want to end this podcast right now so I can go out to my office <laughs> and tell them I'm sick and then go home and continue playing Wasteland 3. Cool. So I'll host the rest of it with the guy who did the fire alarm test. Yeah, sweet. What's um, your favorite game? <laughs> 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 uh, so this is... Is it, it's, it's, it's out on PC, PlayStation, and Xbox already, or is it coming out on consoles soon? I believe it's it's PC, PlayStation, and Xbox currently. It's coming to Linux and Mac OS soon. I know <coughs> Wasteland 2 is on Switch, but I get the feeling that just based on what I've seen in this, like just based on kind of the the upgrade in terms of graphics quality and and gameplay... I think they'll probably it'll be like whatever the next generation of Switch is. It'll probably come to that. Cool. And and do you um, think um do you, could you see this like game like you, once you finish the core story? Is there going to be tons of post game content? Do you think or it's well, it's one of those things where I because of the way I do these games, I immediately go bring me all your side quests. <laughs> I do not wish to continue the main story until I've like talk to everybody and done all the little like stupid fetch quests and a little bit of combat they want me to do. So by the time I reach the end, I'll probably have finished all of that, but I know that they are working on DLC for it. Yeah, cool. And and buddy, you better believe I'd be snapping that DLC up. Worth mentioning as well, developed by uh, In Exile Entertainment, um, who, I mean, it's not the smallest of teams. I think they've got about 70 people, but compared to something like AAA, who can have, you know, Two, three, four hundred people working on a game. That's still a pretty smallish team, and it was all funded by the fans, which was great. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm stretching, I'm stretching the small game definition here, but goddamn, I love Wasteland Three. Put it That's on my so tombstone, good. man. That's so great. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, well, look, I, unfortunately, I don't love the next game as much as you love Wasteland 3. Uh, but uh, I was so intrigued when I first saw the trailer for No Straight Roads, uh, which is a game that uh, last month came out on uh, Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Um, and uh, it is a game, the The main reason I was drawn to it to begin with was because uh, it was a new uh, independently uh, developed and published game uh, by someone who has spent more than 10 years working on the Final Fantasy series. Um, right. And uh, it's uh, been uh, developed by Metronomic, um, which was set up by two cousins, uh, Dame uh, Zaldin and Juan Hazma, um, both of whom have had... Uh, Lots of um, uh, impacts on uh, like like big Japanese titles. Um, uh, Juan Hazma worked on Final Fantasy fifteen, and his cousin worked on Street Fighter five. Um, but they are both Malaysian, and okay. uh, they set up the Metronomic in in Malaysia um, and wanted to develop a game that could be viewed as proudly Malaysian. Um, do you know anything about this game, John? I know it's. It's like you play as a musician trying to, like a guitarist trying to bring down EDM or something. Yeah, so you're in. It's you're 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 a band of two, um, and uh, you're in a, in a place you're... called Vinyl City, um, and Vinyl City gets its electricity from EDM, and rock has been outlawed. But um, so you and your partner, um, you can like play, but like one or either. There's a girl guitarist who um, has heavy attacks, or there's a guy drummer who has like light attacks, um, and so you can flick between them um, very very easily as you play. Um, you basically have to challenge a bunch of um, EDM stars uh, in these massive boss fights, um, and uh, basically out outplay them essentially by you know hitting them um, repeatedly with your musical instruments, um, and and you have to bring rock back to Vinyl City. Um, there is a lot of political overtones, which I think are made to um, be a comment on um, like authoritative, authoritative uh, like government in uh, in Malaysia. Um, okay, uh, but 
yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the 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 EDM overlords of Vinyl, Vinyl City have outlawed rock and roll. Um, and so, yeah, you have like a, a very goofy kind of story that in, in many, many parts gets very uh, serious, like laughably serious um, throughout the plot when like, you know, you'll be playing this like big, goofy, colorful world and then suddenly... Um, like the you know one of the characters you're either fighting or, or or playing as will like you know lament about what the government used to be and what their ideals are and that kind of thing. Um, right. Okay. That's but odd. like this is like an absolutely gorgeous looking game, which is uh, the main reason I played it. Um, you know, we play a lot of indie titles that like so frequently will be like a gorgeous pixelated game, but this is like a, a, a third person action. Um, adventure game where like it's just like the most colorful crazy worlds there's a phenomenal hub world that you um that, that links all the different levels together um and uh just like traversing through that is just so so gorgeous um is, but there, the... is there kind of shades of like um psychonauts in that sense yeah like uh, before i learned that it was made in malaysia i was going to describe this as what what if a, a, a japanese team made a, a double fine game um, right, okay. This definitely feels like, uh, you know, Psychonauts in that... Or a lot of their Double Fine games where it's like this fantastic um, aesthetic, this great um, story and, like, crazy idea, but execution-wise is, like, you know, gameplay-wise is is kind of lacking in, in a way, where you have mm-hmm. all these, like, amazing, like, hodgepodge crazy ideas and coming together, it's like, you know, you get so hyped up at the very thought of all these things being together that when it, when, it, when you actually play it, you're like, oh... This is not what I hoped it would be at all, uh, because at its heart, this game, the main main gameplay is it's it's a rhythm action game. Um, so you're in third person perspective. You're playing as this band, um, and you're fighting monsters that supposedly like they're they're on beat. the The soundtrack's wonderful, um, like these great uh, bright and sunny kind of EDM songs that you uh, are fighting like you know enemies to to the beat and they move to to the beat for sure and you know you're encouraged to attack on the beat too but there's like a floatiness and like impreciseness to the way your characters handle themselves and so i never felt like i was in the rhythm of the game at all and i also felt like it didn't really matter um, so like, you know, you've got this like excellently produced song, like, you know, thrashing out in the background and then you're just kind of like bopping randomly, um, right. know, and, and, and taking damage and I don't know, like the execution wise, like I, I feel like the, it, it never felt great, especially like jumping and all the platforming in this game, uh, never felt really great. It didn't feel good maneuvering the characters at all, but it's the kind of game that I feel bad being critical of because I can tell how much passion has gone into this game um like there's so much love that you you can see it you can hear it but you don't feel it when you play it Um, sure so it's a hard one for me to recommend it's definitely one that like i've i had more fun playing this than i did kingdom hearts 3 last year i think it looks better than kingdom hearts 3 and the fighting is about as fun um, okay, but it's it's the 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 rhythm aspect of it is just so frustrating. I kind of like I I, I feel like you could make a, a a kind of you know brawly action game um, that's this colorful and has all these wonderful songs in it, but you don't necessarily have to try and tie the the rhythm nature to it. Or you could lean way more heavy into it. Like I, I love uh, you know Cadence of Hyrule, which is absolutely a, a rhythm based action game. Um, I just I, I wish that yeah they they kind of 
Apparently, if you play on a much harder level, you're encouraged to parry every attack, um, whereas it doesn't isn't doesn't matter so much when you play it on the easier difficulties. And that in parrying that makes you stick to the beat a lot more. Um, so maybe okay. that's worth checking out. Um, but uh, look, I, this is like an absolutely odd game that uh, I'm not desperate to finish, but I probably will finish before the year's over. Um, it's relatively short. Um, I think I think it's going to be like around like the six hour mark or so. Um, and uh, look, just if, if, if what I'm talking about sounds, if you like playing weird oddity games that, are, that have like an enormous production budget or certainly look that way, um, I definitely think this game is worth checking out. I, I, look, I, I've, I've, I've suffered a lot in the last week uh, with the, the guilt of recommending Marvel's Avengers to people. I don't want to sure. recommend this like similarly broken but in completely different ways game. Um, I think there is... There's a lot more going on that I like in this game than Marvel Avengers. That's my new, that's my new thing. I'm going to compare every game to your, your new yardstick. I pissed um, out a kidney stone, but it wasn't Marvel Avengers. Um, yeah, I pissed out a kidney stone, and then Jarvis told me that if I broke open the kidney stone, there'd be new loot inside it. Oh um, God! Uh, but uh, yeah, no straight roads. It's it's on everything, and again, just like Phenotopia Awakening, I feel like not many people are talking about it. I understand why this is absolutely a game that is not for almost everyone. Um, but uh, if you are a niche uh, game lover, um, definitely definitely give this one a shot. Watch some gameplay videos on YouTube and work out if you know you can overlook the, um, the odd decision to make a weird pseudo-rhythm action game um, that doesn't really work, but there has so much else going on in the game that it's, it, you kind of find to overlook the main core part of the game. I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird thing to recommend. I, uh, I, enjoy, I will finish this game. I enjoy it. I, I'm, as I talk about it, I'm like, Oh, I, I do want to go back to it. There's like, you know, I, I, in between the big boss battles, you traverse through this big, like open world hub, um, which is really fun. And you have to unlock, you know, just like collectible, mindless collectible stuff, but because you're in such a pretty environment, it's uh, it's fun. And you have to like turn, you collect batteries that then you turn like all the electronic devices in that city back on and then you get more fans. So then they cheer you on and then you can upgrade your skill tree. Um, you can like find stickers in the world that you then apply to your instruments that, that, that give you buffs in battle. Uh, it's cool. There's like lots of fun little things in this game and uh, yeah. tons of love has gone into it. I just think it's such a shame that at its core, I don't know, it doesn't work. It's just... Just but it's still it, it's still cool. Uh, it's the yeah. kind of game that like I'll I like I'll if you die you won't be able to score higher than a C. But I'm just going to take that because I think learning to play this game well would take a lot more frustration out of me than just like being you know whatever like I don't care if I yeah. die heaps in this game I'll just I just want to see it see all the p- p- pretty colors and, and happy music. Fair do. Now speaking of niche games, that brings me to the other game that I've uh, I've been playing lately and finished, which mm. is Hypnospace Outlaw. Oh, so, well, nice, awesome! I played the yeah. demo a couple of weeks ago. So this has been uh, it's been out on PC for over a year, like a year and a half now, I think, um, uh, and it's just made its way to console. So Switch, PS4, and Xbox One were released in late August. Uh, it's developed by Tendershoot and published by No More Robots. So Hypnospace Outlaw is, it really is a niche game in that it's essentially like a simulated version of the internet in the late 90s. 
And that's admittedly one thing that kind of uh, appealed to me about the game because I remember, I remember surfing the internet during that era. I remember like the real hardcore Angel Angel Fire and GeoCities. You know, every every internet page you went to would autoplay music, and there'd be gifts everywhere. And oh yeah, like no, we, we had no, the only the only place I could access internet was my school, and we would go to the library at school, like at lunch. And would make websites on GeoCities. Like that's what we did at lunchtime for like half a year. It was the best. Yeah. Fuck handball. We all, all <laughs> my make homies a site make... about handball. Yeah. Um, but it's just even like the concept of because the internet you see nowadays has been like smoothed and polished to perfection in terms of web design and all that kind of stuff. So it really was like a bit of a nostalgia trip for me to go like, oh yeah, that's right. Things used to be just jarringly horrible on the eyes. But in in the game, you play as a... Um, so the hypnospace is like an internet that you access while you're asleep. And you play as a person who's signed on as an enforcer, whose job is to essentially moderate content and behavior on the internet. So there are various like infractions that you can hunt for, like using copyrighted material and harassment and, uh, you know... Um, using using sales platforms that are illegal, like various you know currencies that aren't aren't accepted, that kind of thing. Uh, so you're handed cases by the hypnospace enforcement organization, mm-hmm. and then you toddle off onto a variety, just hunting through web pages, looking for uh, clues and um you know things that might point you in the direction of the 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 infractions that you're looking for it's not it's not a long game necessarily there's maybe like seven or eight cases that you're put on but the difficulty comes from like there are some real head scratching stuff that you need to kind of work through there's a lot of information that you need to glean from visiting various people's pages and and sort of logically put together in a way that you can use as a solution to like, oh, well, this guy has been talking about this person, so I'll search their name, and they run a site about a particular genre of music. So I'll look for other people talking about that genre of music, and oh, this guy has referenced something. At, like, there's a lot of kind of, uh, you know, clues and scraps of information that you need to gather together to kind of solve the cases you're working on. Mm-hmm. I will admit, I I kind of like being deep in Wasteland Three at the same time. So obviously, <laughs> like when I wasn't at home, I had my Switch with me, and I was playing Hypnospace Outlaw whenever I was out of the house. There definitely ran into a few moments where I was like, "I'm I'm I'm jammed up. I don't know what to do. I'll just take a quick peek on the internet to keep me moving." Because it felt like rather than rather than maintain that like, "Oh, I'm you know I'm doing this by the book." It was more a case of if I just get one piece of information, it will move me forward and I will continue enjoying this game rather than putting it down. Um, but yeah, it's I think it's it's definitely not for everybody. It is not in any way, shape or form an action-packed game, but it is such a loving recreation of what it was like to surf the internet in the late 90s that I think if, if anybody out there listening had that experience when they were much younger... Definitely go on, go in on this game. There's so much like, and it's so well done in terms of like all the different types of pages that are put together in terms of like the content. So you've got like the young people who are talking about what cool music they love. You've got older people who are 
reminiscing about, you know, how things used to be and when kids had manners and stuff like that. And uh, it's the the whole of it is just a wash with all this different music. Uh, if anyone listening has played the game, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Cruncher, formerly known as Chowder Man, uh, <laughs> who is a musician that pops up yep. a fair few times. Uh, and that's the thing. He has he has songs all through this this fake internet. You could download these songs and play them on the inbuilt player, which is like, like Winamp, and even has skins that you can find on the on the on the browser as well. Yeah, there's all this like if you if you stray away from the job you're supposed to be doing, there's all this content that you can find throughout this internet. There is there is a kind of vague plot that builds to a, a kind of denouement at the end. That's that's fairly satisfying and then even once you finished it there's a lot of post-game content um based on based on what happens in the story uh that you can stick around to uh to kind of explore a lot further so um i think it's it's definitely niche and it's not for everybody but if you give it a look see and think it appeal think it you know if it catches your eye in any way shape or form i would definitely recommend going in on this game I totally understand now why it made it onto a bunch of best of 2019 lists. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's it's such an interesting, cool experiment in what can be a game. Yeah. You, do you fantastic. do you have any plans to to like go in on it properly? Yeah, definitely. But I mean, you you, you know you know what I'm backed up with over here. I got to replay Marvel's Avengers every day yeah. for the rest of my life. What are you being punished for? Why, this I, is... I, I, I think because I finished Marvel's Avengers that they cancelled the Venture Brothers, our favourite TV show. Oh my god. That's yeah. my fault. You, meant, you, you mentioned adults from earlier and I was going to be like, we don't like them anymore, remember? <laughs> I mean, I've, I feel like it has nothing to do with Adult Swim. It has everything to do with all those big uh, layoffs at Warner Brothers. Yeah, that's fair. Um, well, what do you Still. want to mourn first? Do you want to mourn the Venture Brothers, our favorite TV show, even though it's not a video game, or do you want to mourn one of our favorite indie uh, publishers and developers, Vlambeer, who announced that they are uh, right. breaking up a couple of weeks ago too? I think like Vlambeer are doing it voluntarily. At least I think Adult Swim would just cut down in their prime. So I'm going to mourn Adult Swim, and I'm going to congratulate. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna mourn Venture Brothers and I'm gonna congratulate Vlambeer on all the great stuff they've done. Because um, what's what's so, in their lineup? They've got ridiculous fishing. Um, well, I mean, first and foremost, I think the first like one of the first games that you and I like were addicted to that we then passed on to heaps of our other friends was a game called Super Crate Box. That's right. Um, which I can't remember if we first started playing it. On, on our computer or on uh, on our phones, it but it's available phones. on both, and uh, it's just this like the the just such a great idea. You play as like just like a you know a pixelated dude who um, you you have to open up crates, and every time you open up a crate, your weapon changes, and there are other enemies coming down from the top of the screen, and then as they get hit the bottom, they loop back to the top of the screen, and you have to use your um, Use your weapons to basically survive as long as possible, and, and open up as many different crates as possible. That's the scoring method. Um, yeah, and, but uh, I think some... every time you open a every time you open a crate, you switch weapons. Yeah, and so like you, some some of the weapons are great. Others are like almost like kill you more than the enemies do. I remember there was like a disc gun that fired a disc that bounced off the walls, and I, I killed myself right. with that gun so many times. Um, this is also a game that I, I was, for a while, the best 
at out of anyone I knew. And then we told Louis McCurdy about it, and Louis McCurdy completely thrashed me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was a lot of Shouts lot of competition back then. But yeah, they did ridiculous fishing, which is another excellent um, iOS game where you um, basically tried to fish as low as you could go in these uh, different uh, bodies of water, and then you you bring your um, your your rod up with such force that all the fish go flying in the air, and then you shoot the fish <laughs> as yeah. they fall back down uh, with a, an array of uh, upgradable weapons. Um, so much fun! Um, I played countless hours of that, and uh, I think it's a game that my son really likes too. I should get him back nice. in on that. Um, they I also think- did um, Luftrausers, um, mm-hmm. the shooter, which I have on Vita. I never played Nuclear ne- Throne, but I th- did I, you talk I about that on little- the podcast? I played a little bit of Nuclear Throne. It was it was interesting, but it's it's a rogue, it's a rogue light. So I'm uh, I'm you know I'm just not good at those, and uh, and, <laughs> and sort that's of stall stalled my uh, my my journey through it by just being like ah, beans. I'm not good at this. Um, a bunch of them were involved in in Minute as well. Yeah. So with the, the, there's two people of Lambier. One of them is uh, what uh, Rami Ismail. Rami Ismail. Yep. And then uh, Jan Willem Nijman. Um, he yeah. is. Uh, they're both. From, they're Dutch. Um, and uh, yeah, he he was one of the Jan was one of the developers of, of Minute. And so like, there's a great article on on Polygon uh, about the, the the studio's closure. Um, and they just kind of admit to like you know starting this thing together despite never actually being friends. <laughs> yeah, I think they're um, they're in a um, they're in a. Uh, I watched a, a a documentary about indie games on on Red Bull TV recently, and those those two guys feature on it. And there is they do make a point in the documentary of being like, yeah, we don't like each other very much, but that kind of helps us like make good decisions about the games because we'll always sort of you know it's never like we're never sort of capitulating to the other one because it's like oh well he's my friend and i want him to be happy it's always we will argue to get the best result possible like yeah cool cool. okay okay. (laughs) i wouldn't do Um, that but good on you so ultra bugs um which was like a cool like it was like a mini game collection um, uh, is still coming out. That'll be the last of Lambier game, and uh, after that, yeah, they're going their separate ways. Um, and yeah. uh, Jan's going to keep uh, working on games like Minute, um, and uh, Rami Ismail is going to keep uh, fo- being a focus on um, focusing on advocacy, advocacy in games diversity um, at like you know various dev conferences and that kind of thing, and consultancy yeah. for other indies, which is cool. Um, Excellent. Good. Good luck to both of them. Good run too. Ten years of great indies. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't going out on top, you know. Not 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 sticking around to release your own version of Marvel Avengers. There's no no cliffhangers that they're not going to address uh, upon their closure. Um, obviously, we know Ultra Rugs is still coming out. Um, <laughs> whereas uh, Venture Brothers season eight, unfortunately, it's never coming to fruition. I mean, surely. Ending- Surely HBO Max is going to throw some money at them to do like a movie length episode finale. That'll have yeah, to happen, I'm, right? I'm, I, look, I want to say I want to say yes, but think of the world we live in, Levens. I know it is a bad world. Has it has it been fair to us in any way, shape, or form over the last nine months? Not particularly. As, as someone who finished the single player campaign of Marvel's Avengers just recently, I know exactly what you mean, John. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, to leave us to leave us with Hank walking off into a crowd to find himself, 
to never reveal who Scare Bear is. Oh, Just, man. God damn it. I'm an, I'm an incomplete person now. Everyone watch The Venture Brothers. It's our favorite. It's one of... It's, is it the show? Wonder we should do the history of you and me. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I, I, I was... Like, you know, I'm, I'm a teenager. You were both teenagers, I think, when we met. And uh, there's lots of scenes missing for me. And I would love to fill them in. But I know Venture yeah, Brothers is one of the first things that you and me bonded over. Possibly definitely. even before video games. Um, if you want to no, watch a fantastic, fantastic cartoon, uh, definitely check out The Venture Brothers. Just know that uh, you are beginning a long-running story that may not ever finish. Oh, God. Say the, it ain't so, Levins. The roguelite of cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> shall, we, uh, shall we stick a fork in it there? Yes. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this episode. We hope you have been well. And if you want to let us know how you are and what games that you've been playing or need answers about, uh, you can hit us up. All the small games at gmail.com is our email address. We love hearing from you. And I know there are tons of messages in my inbox that I haven't even mentioned on the podcast. Maybe we will do an all email episode soon. Um, but uh, that's a good way to get in touch with us. All the small games at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Uh, we also have uh, facebook.com slash all the small games and at all the small game uh, on Facebook and Twitter. Um, we try and be as active as, as possible. It's, uh, it's, you know, we, we, it's hard. It's hard. Uh, not playing video games to talk about them on the internet. Am I right, John? Yeah, definitely. I mean, but, um, it's, it's yeah. definitely my, yeah, it, it comes second out of those two things. But we've been getting a few people sharing um, episodes and whatnot on uh, on Twitter and elsewhere. And uh, those kind of things, it really helps. I mean, we are an extremely niche podcast uh, that uh, is, it's uh, hard to, uh, to, you know, we have our kind of, we haven't really gotten less or more listeners in the last year it just kind of stays at the same steady and pretty fine number but uh if you know somebody that uh likes new and cool and weird little uh games please uh let let them know let those motherfuckers know about all the small games we'd really appreciate uh anyone getting the word out uh thanks so much for listening and uh we'll see you next time yeah bye guys see you later
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.